0: Hey, welcome back to the Clean the Stage podcast. How are you? (laughs) I'm in a great mood today. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And you can find us at speakersisterhood.com. The Claim the Stage podcast is all about public speaking, building your skill, building your confidence, trying to work through the fear, all the stuff that comes along with this special little activity that only few of us are willing to try. I'm so excited for today's episode. Before we jump into it, I have a whole bunch of stuff to tell you. New thing I'm doing is showcasing some of the amazing reviews I've received from you, my listeners, and to thank you for your review, I'm offering you a special gift. So today's review, the first review I'm featuring on my show is from Porsche Porsche, Porsche Race Girl. I don't know why that's so hard to say, Porsche Race Girl. <laughs> And she says, best podcast on speaking. Finally, an honest and motivating podcast that provides valuable content. I've been searching for a while now to find one that resonates with me, and this one does by far. Thank you. I'm also looking into joining the Speaker Sisterhood Club. Thank you, ladies. So Porsche Race Girl, please email me at Angela at Speakersisterhood.com to claim your gift. You win a copy of one of my books, The Secret Life of Speaking Up Prequel, 30 tiny speaking adventures and this book gives all kinds of ideas to help you practice using your voice other than giving a speech. So this this book was super fun to write. I've gotten tons of positive reviews and feedback on it from people who are trying to just get better at speaking up and using their voice in general and that book this book does that. So I will be sending one your way as soon as you send me an email with your address and uh, we'll drop it in the mail. So thank you for that review. If you haven't left a review yet and you're enjoying the show, please take a minute to jump onto iTunes and do that. It really helps other people find the show. And I appreciate it too, because then I know that people are enjoying it. Before we jump into our interview today with Mark Metry, I want to share a couple sponsors. The First sponsor is Speaking School for Women. Maybe you've been a Speaker Sisterhood member for a year and now you want to try out speaking in new places. Or maybe you've given a few free talks and now you want to see what you could do with a real speaking plan. Perhaps you've been pursuing speaking professionally for a while and you keep getting stuck and need a plan. Do any of these sound like you? If so, wherever you are in your journey, Speaking School for Women addresses the fundamentals to building your speaking business the right way which is important because I made all the mistakes for you. (laughs) So you don't have to, (laughs) this is my online course and it returns March 7th and it's going to be launching with tons of bonuses and special offers. So if you want to know everything you need to get started as a professional speaker, this is definitely the course for you. I'll be giving more information in coming episodes. So stay tuned, but I wanted to make sure you knew that was coming up. And I'm also launching a special mini course on the podcast at the end of February called the five secrets to becoming a paid speaker. So you'll get a sneak peek into the course in that mini series. I'm also doing a video series, which you can watch. So if you're not on my newsletter list yet, you should definitely subscribe. If you'd rather watch it than listen to it, you can go to speakersisterhood.com and then go to the bottom of the homepage where it says get updates. And then you can join our mailing list and watch the videos. I'm going to be dressed like fabulously. So you don't want to miss it. Our second sponsor is told video, original, thoughtful storytelling for your brand here to help you with your next step in marketing, a meaningful video, let your story out into the world and get it told. You can learn more at told video. And if you contact them before March 1st, you get 15% off a video project. And you might be asking yourself, what would I need a video for? Well, a lot of speakers have promotional videos that tell the story of their brand. A lot of speakers have videos that showcase their speaking skills demo reels. There's all kinds of reasons to have a video. So if you don't have one yet, and you're thinking about just setting up a tripod in your living room, I would say hold on that idea for now <laughs> and give Told a call to see it, what their rates are like, what the process is like, and if it's something that might work for you. Cause I worked with Rebecca, the producer and founder of Told Video on several videos and she's amazing. And she just makes you feel really comfortable. She's really creative and she's really good at what she does. You can see some of her videos on our website. If you go to speakersisterhood.com and click on join to become a member, there's a video up there that she made for us about what Speaker Sisterhood is. And I'm really proud of it. And I just think if you need a video, you should definitely contact her. All right. So today's interview blew my mind. Seriously. (laughs) I was like, I did not know what direction we were going to go in. I had put down some ideas of some questions and thoughts, but Mark is a powerhouse. He is so disciplined and determined and focused and he's such a learner and it's so obvious in everything he says that he's 21 years old (laughs) and just gets it. It's just, it's so impressive. I feel like I'm going to listen to this episode like 25 more times just because there's so much in it and it's just, it's, it's so, it, it's inspiring. So let me give you a little introduction to who he is. Mark Metry is the host of Humans 2.0, a top 100 podcast where he interviews billionaires, New York Times bestselling authors, and legendary world-class human beings. He also speaks at events, but once upon a time, he couldn't make direct eye contact with anyone and suffered from a socially anxious prison inside his mind. Mark is the founder of VU Dream, a digital marketing growth agency focusing on virtual reality and mixed reality. And he says his primary goal on planet earth is to help others eliminate their internal enemy within and live a life of mental and emotional freedom. So with an introduction like that, you can probably guess like there's a lot to talk about here. (laughs) I feel like we could have probably talked for another four hours, but trying to keep this podcast short and sweet. I know you have other things to do. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. There are just so many tidbits to pull from this. You might want to grab a pen and a notebook and just start jotting down everything he says. (laughs) So uh, without further ado, here is today's interview with Mark Metry. All right, Mark Metry, welcome to the show.
1: Angela, thank you so much for having me. Very excited.
0: Me too. I love that. As I was saying, I love that we're both podcasters, we're both speakers, but we have very different backgrounds and I'm interested to learn more about you and how you got here. And I just want, I'm just like always curious to meet people who come from this place of, of shyness and then go into a very public kind of position. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, um, how, take us through the transformation. What was it like being shy growing up and what inspired you to want to work on that?
1: yeah that's amazing and um you know one of uh you know somebody i've had the honor of interviewing uh ed Milet, you know he he says or at least he told me that you know whenever you see somebody that you know has excelled in a particular area generally speaking it's not the fact that they were naturally gifted at it but the fact that they had to work really 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 hard at it and eventually um, you know, became the leader in their field. And so, um, you know, from that point, you know, I grew up in um, Massachusetts, my parents immigrated from Egypt just a year before I was born. Um, they came to America with um, $200 in their pocket with um, my sister. And, um, you know, so we had, you know, humble beginnings. And, um, you know, I had a great childhood, you know, every memory that I have was, um, you know, filled with, you know, my parents supporting me and trying to do the best they can for me and just fun memories all around. Um, But, you know, considering the, um, you know, environment that we were in of, um, you know, growing up on government housing and food stamps, I sort of naturally, intuitively learned to uh, be sort of like a, like a, just like a crafty and resourceful kid. Like, I have memories of me in like the first, second grade of, of me cutting out baseball players in the newspaper that I just found laying around and, taking those and gluing them to other pieces of paper to make baseball cards, because I didn't obviously have the money to afford them. (laughs) And then to sell those to buy real baseball cards and like Pokemon cards. And then, you know, I actually looking back at it now, it's so strange, because the reason why I sort of intuitively did that is um, so I could make my own money to buy myself lunch and uh cookies and the other things i wanted instead of asking my um my parents so it's kind of interesting to see that and you know i would say the other thing is um you know i am you know i had some physical health issues growing up i grew up in um in western massachusetts We, we moved around a lot but i ended up settling down in western massachusetts and um, you know, one of the schools that I ended up going to, um, you know, was, was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was a decent school, the people there, most of the people there were awesome. But, um, you know, there was no any kind of diversity. And so basically, it was all um, white people. And it was mean about like two, or maybe three people in the entire school that, um, you know, looked different. And so, you know, looking back at that now, that combined with, you know, some of the physical health issues I had, it led me to, um, you know, having a bit of uh, mental health problems, um, a lot of social anxiety, you know, not feeling like I could be myself, depending on the group of people I was talking to. Um, And so, you know, as I grew up, sort of like my coping mechanism for that was getting on the internet. So, you know, I was online since like like age 11. I've been I've basically been doing this for like the past decade. At first it started with me just trying to use the internet to learn and eventually that led to me starting a YouTube channel around video games at like age 13. Um, and one of my YouTube channels had like over 35,000 subscribers, but I didn't really understand the potential of it until you know now. And um, I just kind of continued on that path eventually by the time I was 15 years old, I ended up uh, getting really into this game called Minecraft. And um, you know, to keep a long story short, I ended up starting the world's number one Minecraft server, which um, you know, kind of led me to sort of understand the opportunity of the internet more and became financially independent, making you know, six figures at a very young age from nothing. Um, and as that kind of continued to um, you know, grow on, And by the time I was like 18, 19, I sort of began to understand myself. I began to, um, you know, become conscious of a lot of things that I was not conscious of, like my social anxiety, like the way that I treated people and myself and my inner dialogue. And, you know, eventually that led to sort of like a a falling out rock bottom where like 2015, 2016, I, you know, was super depressed. I was over 200 pounds. I was sort of socially isolating myself and, um, you know, through one thing or another, I eventually turned that around and sort of built a different version of myself, which led me to starting my own business, which is a marketing agency towards the end of 2016. And in 2017 is where I started my podcast, humans 2.0. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to look at yourself and say, okay, the way I'm treating others, the way I'm treating myself is not okay, and I want to do something about that. Was there a catalyst or was it a bunch of things?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I you know, after interviewing like so many different people and just kind of going through the event myself, you know, what I've learned is that you don't totally understand you're at rock bottom while you're in it. Yeah. And so for me, like the big, big takeaway that I actually began to discover because, you know, up to this point, I was never conscious of it because if I was, I would have done something about it. So for me, the actual like like physical sign that I saw that I was like, wait, 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 it was when – I had, you know, physically gained so much weight. I, you know, generally speaking throughout my life, I was never somebody that was overweight, but kind of just like through this period, I ended up gaining like 60 pounds in the course of like two, three months. And I didn't know what was really going on, but you know, it was only until, you know, I tried to, um, you know, put on some of my clothes and I'm like, Hmm, these aren't fitting. Why aren't these fitting? So (laughs) like, that kind of like began like this um, kind of like this backdoor interest in my mind of like, wait, wait, what's going on here? Why am I actually doing this? Why am I trying to escape my thoughts from, um, you know, food, from binging Netflix? Like why is this actually um, happening? And and like for me, um, like the way that I sort of began to f- find myself is just like by tackling that physical issue because at that point I didn't actually understand you know, the words that we talk about today, like mindset and responsibility and all these different things. So for me, kind of like the first stride, was just seeing like a physical manifestation of like my own body and how that affects the mind.
0: Yeah. So you saw that there was something wrong and you became a detective about it and just started like really digging into it. I love that on I your like website... That. Thanks. On your website, you say your primary goal here on planet Earth is to help others eliminate their internal enemy within and live a life of mental and emotional freedom. At what point did you decide that that was going to be your goal?
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's an amazing question, Angela. So for me, honestly, it really started. So Um, so when I started my podcast, I got the idea for it in like the middle of 2017. And the reason why I started it was not to, um, you know, build my brand or, you know, to get influence or any of those other things. But for me, it was really just like, it was a time in my life where I had been, you know, undergoing a lot of changes. I had been trying to change like my lifestyle. I've been trying to surround myself with other people, associate myself with the successful And I figured that, you know, starting a podcast is just a, um, you know, almost like an engine for me to grow my own self-development. Meaning, you know, if there's anybody out there that is doing what I want to be doing, like let's say, you know, I want to get better at meditation, you know, I would go ahead and I would find like, you know, the top five people in the world that are meditation experts as long as I could get them to come on my show. And so... From that point, like that's why I started the podcast. And you know, for the first five, six months, really nobody listened to my podcast. But as I started to, you know, really put in more effort and more time, um, you know, that's when I started to see my show um, blow up. And you know, when that starts to happen, you know, you start getting feedback from from other people, and um, you know, people were sending me messages of. Um, you know the generic ones of like, oh yeah, I liked, you know, I like your podcast, blah blah blah. To ones that were, you know, very detailed and intimate, and you know, to the point where, you know, I would hop on a call with somebody, and you know, they would describe, you know, X Y Z scenario in their life, and I would just say something along the lines of like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I personally have been in that situation before, and um, you know, I I am now doing X Y Z um, you know, habits or routines to try to combat that. And then I would get a message like three months later of that same person saying to me, like, you know, Oh my God, Mark, I, you know, I I did what you told me to. And, um, you know, like, I've never had more energy. My, my relationship with my mom is so much better. And like this, this and that, and like that began to happen at like such a exponential rate that I don't even know how to describe to you. Like it would be email after email, call after call. And then eventually that branched out to, um, you know, speaking and going on other people's podcasts. And then it really just like through that sort of, um, you know, trifecta, it really just led me to, you know, Mark, when you, you know, when you become almost somebody that nobody thought that that you could be, it's, it's not actually about you. It's about leading by action and leading by example, because that gives permission for other people that were once in your similar position to, you know, think bigger, to, um, you know, try to kind of tackle some of the problems that I had. And so, you know, when I started to, to like really, really think about that, I was like, wow, this, you know, this has nothing to do with me. This just has to do with kind of like this whole, um, humans 2.0 movement that, um, you know, I've got going and I'm, you know, every single day, I'm just unbelievably grateful and, um, honestly just mesmerized by, um, sort of like what's happened and the impact that other people have been able to make on their own lives because they've seen, um, an, an example
0: yeah I I can't agree more and the value of being a role model and showing other people hey you can do it too and just kind of giving permission to to other people to try it I want to know how you went from having a podcast that no one listened to to interviewing people like Gretchen Rubin and Seth Godin was it as easy as sending them an email and saying hey I think you're cool do you want to be on my show or what's that process like Because I know a lot of people listening have podcasts and they have blogs and they want to approach these top five people in the, their field, but they might be afraid. They might worry about rejection. What, what was the mindset and the approach you used to, to really get your podcast to the next level and have these high, you know, these experts and well-known people on your show?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Angela. And um, yeah, so... You know, I'll kind of like talk you through some, uh, you know, some of the mental shifts that I had that ended up leading towards the outward success of my podcast. So, you know, like I said, I started it in 2017. I did not take it seriously at all um, because I didn't really know what it was. I would post an episode, you know, a week. I'd post two a week. Then I wouldn't post any for two weeks. And, um, you know, January 1st, 2018, I sort of just had like this revelation of like, oh wow, almost nobody in this industry, in this podcasting industry is actually taking this seriously. Everyone that I talked to said, you know, you got to post once a week, you, you got to talk about this, you can't talk about that. And so January 1st, 2018, I just made the, the conscious decision to, um, you know, really triple down and, and take this opportunity into my own hands. And so ever since that, I, um, you know, really started to hustle in terms of the different kinds of topics that I wanted to get. I would be posting much more frequently, like three, four times a week. And as I started to do that, and as I started to talk to more people, going back to the point of the reason why I started my podcast to learn from, I ended up um, interviewing this guy named uh, Kyle Mogan. He originally worked on uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's content team. And I interviewed him, and after we did the interview, you know, I I posted up on my profile, and he told me, um, you know, hey Mark, um, you know, feel free to shoot me any kinds of like micro content, um, like pictures or videos of like snippets of the podcast, so I can put it on my page. And I said, like, oh yeah, I've I've really done that before, and we sort of had this conversation, and he told me, like, um, you know, if you actually want to get new listeners on your podcast, you've got to do something to. Um, you know get them on and he said, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk post content like a you know Whatever a hundred times a day or something on different kinds of platforms And that's what you got to do to get more people. So, you know ever since I had him on in like January or February of 2018 I had started t- tackling this uh, this whole micro content game of you know taking different you know sixty second snippets of my podcast and you know putting them up on social media, and then I ended up interviewing this guy around the same time in February in uh, in March. His name is Quentin Allams. He's um, he's one of the top content creators on LinkedIn, and he I kind of heard his story of how he was somebody that went from you know, hitting his own version of rock bottom of his girlfriend, leaving him to having negative $900 in his bank account to then, you know, really hustling and then utilizing LinkedIn as a platform to um, grow his business. And, you know, today he's the CEO of, you know, his production team. That's like one of the fastest growing startups in um, Milwaukee. They work with like professional sports team and he's totally just blown up. And so when I saw him kind of do that, that gave me the mental model To really, really start using LinkedIn as a platform to grow. And so, you know, it was posting the micro content on LinkedIn and and on the other channels, of course, and then also using LinkedIn as sort of like a backdoor entrance because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, we want to get in touch with that are busy, but, um, you know, LinkedIn is very much. Um, not as saturated compared to the other social platforms obviously not everyone is on LinkedIn so it definitely depends who you're talking about but I started to use LinkedIn to uh, you know book some of my first big guests and you know as I started as I started to do this I started to you know increase the frequency of how much I was posting um, just for reference today my podcast is daily uh, because I really understand the opportunity of it but as I started to post as I started to, um post other kinds of micro content and my podcast really started to grow i started to get better guests and um it wasn't until i want to say august where um i interviewed this other podcaster his name is jeremy ryan slate he hosts his podcast called create your own life and you know i was interviewing him and i was trying i was basically asking him the same exact question you asked me of like how do you get these people um on your show and you know he he just like gave me as an example like he was like yeah I had to um, I had to get like something like like 300 episodes out and I had to email Seth Godin like 50 times or something and he said no every time or he wouldn't respond and so literally that day August 1st of 2018 I was just like okay the same exact thing sort of happened I gained the mental model of somebody that was in my position that did something about it. So like literally that day, August 1st, I sent an email to Seth Godin and um, you know, he responded back in 17 minutes and said, (laughs) yeah, I'd love to do the podcast the next day. So we booked the next day and I did it. And like within that two day span, I really just saw like a, um, like I really just understood, you know, what's possible if I, you know, actually put in the work and I actually ask and I try for it. And, you know, from that point on, Um, that's where I started to book a bunch of other Titans on my show. And that same month is actually where my podcast hit the, um, global top 100 list. And, um, ever since that, you know, it's much, 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 much more easier to get on sort of like these big guests. But honestly, like my number one sort of like quick tip on that is to, um, you know, do, do some research, see, you know, where the, you know, the guests that you want, see at like who's in their network, see who like they're really good friends with and reach out to their friends and try to interview them. And then, you know, shoot them an email, for example, like let's say Seth Godin and say, hey Seth, um, you know, I'm this person, I, I host this podcast, I've interviewed, you know, and then put in the three friends that, you know, he has right there. And I find that as long as you're genuine, you should be good you know meaning when i sent my email to Seth i just told him like hey man listen i'm a i'm a 21 year old i you know i'm doing this podcast i'm you know i'm not really doing it for the money and i you know the reason why i started it was for this reason and that reason and i find as long as you um you know have the credibility and you actually have value um, to give them, and you're not just somebody that just started a podcast and you have five episodes <laughs> and nobody listens to it, and you reach out to these people like that's just, in my opinion, that's just dumb. I mean, you you could go for it if your network is is really strong, but honestly, um, you know, once you sort of get to that point, it's it, it, you know, it's much, much, much more easier to you know, start reaching out to these bigger titans because, you know, you can offer something. You can, um, you know, give them value because, you know, they understand the um, the real power of podcasts to, you know, grow their brand and, and grow their business in a real um, human way.
0: I love that. and Mark, you sound so confident and so clear, and I love how you're <laughs> a student of life, but you're also offering advice and ideas to other people, and I think the people who are the best... Uh, coaches or teachers are the ones who are also students at the same time and I wonder how shyness if shyness still shows up in your life and how you deal with that or if you feel like you've just kind of like jumped past that and you're at a whole new level now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you know, the answer is, uh, you know, yes and no. So, you know, I get that question all the time because, you know, I, I try to as much as humanly possible, be very open about my social anxiety. Um, you know, because I believe that you know, if you are trying to hide something about yourself, if you are trying to sort of like um, you know put your weakness in the shadows, it, it actually has more power over you. And I'm kind of doing that for myself, and then also um, for anyone else that's sort of uh, embarrassed about it to not be embarrassed about it. But you know, honestly, yeah, I you know I still get um, you know shy from from time to time. But you know, really to try to describe this to you, Angela is that. Um, you know, in the period of sort of like 2015, 2016, when I hit that rough spot and I, um, you know, was really invigorated to change my own life, um, you know, I was, uh, I was almost like, a, uh, like a, a bat flying out of hell. Um, you know, all the different kinds of habits that I ended up picking up, like eating healthy, exercising, sleeping well. Uh, meditating, journaling, uh, finding ways to like rewire my brain through writing down things I'm grateful for and associating myself with higher up people. You know, that period for me was sort of like, um, sort of like, you know, in a Rocky movie where there's like a time lapse of him running and training that like, that's, that's the way that I felt like it was for me. (laughs) And what I learned, (laughs) what I learned for that, like throughout that entire experience is, you know, kind of, you know, the name of my podcast is, 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 humans 2.0. You know, I had to create a completely different version of myself. Um, and I had to build that person in an area, in a room where, um, you know, I had to acknowledge my Mark Metry. I had to acknowledge Mark Metry, human 1.0 and say, Hey Mark, you know, you've, you've got these certain weaknesses, you know, you're, you're this way and you're that way. And, um, you know, you're more inclined to do these things. You have these weaknesses. And, you know, when I started to acknowledge that and I started to say, okay, even though I have that, I'm going to strive for something greater because the cost of not doing so is so much worse than kind of moving at this default path. And so, you know, throughout that period, through me doing so many different things, you know, I created a completely different version of myself. And, what I discovered is that both of those versions are still alive within me today. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, Mark Metry 1.0 will, um, you know, come out in the form of, you know, whether it's being shy or whether it's, you know, waking up in the morning and having the desire to hit the snooze button or not wanting to uh, meditate or, or not wanting to go to the gym or any of the other habits that, um, you know, I've dedicated, uh, sort of my my life's time too. You know, what I've learned to do is that you know you gotta activate the human version two in those movements to cut co- in those moments to sort of come in and be like, you know, hey, Mark, you know you're about to do this speaking engagement. And I understand that you know part of you is a little bit anxious. I understand part of you, um, you know, a little bit scared and you know part of your mind is is thinking like, oh, you know, what are these people gonna think or say about me or this, 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 and that? But it's like you've got to understand that you've got to activate the human 2.0 to move in, not necessarily because it's the easiest thing to do, but just because you know you've you've dedicated yourself to the certain goal or mission. And that's more important for yourself for the long term and for all the people that you love and don't even know yet um, for yourself. And so like through kind of that answer. Like, yeah, I I still sometimes get shy, but in those moments, um, you know, I sort of flip a mental switch that I've really just, you know, day in and day out, obviously not every day is perfect, that I eventually end up doing. And I find the more and more I do that, the more and more Mark Metry 1.0 is sort of um, minimized and he becomes much, much, much more um, easier to manage. There's, it's obviously never going to go away. But you've just got to understand that the human 2.0 is is more important for yourself. And, um, you know, honestly, depending on how you view it, kind of like the future of humanity.
0: Yeah, I, I love everything you just said. And I love that you are able to identify that you have two different personas. You've got the old and the new. And when when one is operating, you can say which one it is and then you can decide to shift out of it if you want to. Does that come from meditation that gives you that opportunity to observe yourself in that way? Or how did you build that skill?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a a combination of everything. It was a combination of, you know, reading books of the the very successful, it was a combination of, um, you know, listening to podcasts, it was a combination of um, you know, writing my thoughts down, journaling, and just sort of being self inquisitive in, in that way. And, you know, what you said, meditation, yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, I discovered meditation in November of 2016. And, you know, I honestly consider the first day that I meditated um, the first day of, of like the rest of my life. Yeah. It really was a um, <laughs> line in the sand for me because what I discovered is that, um, What I discovered is that like, you know, before I had started to meditate, you know, my mind sort of like, you know, picked up a bunch of this data. I picked up a bunch of this information from, you know, what I heard about like what what other people uh, have said, their opinions, um, you know, movies, teachers, just, you know, things that other people have said. And um, it internalized it as sort of my own voice. And when I started to meditate, I started to actually sit down with myself and, you know, observe and, you know, close my eyes and, you know, put in headphones and almost detach from the environment because I believe that, you know, who you are is a product of um, sort of like yourself, your consciousness times the environment. And when you have the ability to sort of shut off the environment for a limited time, you sort of start to become more introspective about what's actually going on there. The, the best way I can describe it is sort of like, um, you know, there's that quote, you know, humans are like onions. We've got so many different kinds of layers. We put out, you know, an external layer to the world as you know how we want to be viewed to, you know, protect the, the little bulb inside. And the problem that I had is that I had so many layers. I didn't actually know who really I was. So through meditating every single day, every morning and night. I've, you know, I think I've missed a couple of days, but I've largely been doing it every single day for, um, you know, ever since that date that I mentioned, you know, two, two years and almost like that. And I'd say the other big thing um, is, uh, is eating healthy. I know, you know, we hear it everywhere and it kind of sounds like it's not important or if it is important, it's kind of like not like on track. But what I've learned is like, you know, your brain is always growing. But if you're, you know, putting stuff in your body that is just filled with crap and you inhibit the speed of your brain's growth, like you're going to be much, much, much more likely to um, recede back in old patterns because you haven't been growing. So I think those, you know, all those things are of the utmost important, um, you know, at least for me for sort of, um, you know, understanding those two different, um, you know, versions and, and really, you know, developing and, and growing my way. Your life
0: yeah it sounds like what you're saying is like the input really really affects the output so you can't just <laughs> like totally disregard that um, I have a question about what's next for you because it's you've you've done so much you've learned so much you've been just on this I don't know rampage <laughs> of growth what, what what's your vision for the next year or five years what do you what do you try what do you want to do
1: I have been on a rampage, but to be honest with you, I haven't even started yet. <laughs> and um, I'm being honest. And um, yeah, so in terms of me in the future, you know, I have, you know, I'm, I'm working on so many different things. Um, but you know, one of the things that I'm going to do this year is uh, I'm going to launch an event here in Boston um, called Humans 2.0. That's going to be a live uh, interview series where we're going to sort of beta test it here, see how it goes. Um, you know, maybe interview a couple people kind of like the same way that the podcast runs, but, but live. And, um, and yeah, that's that's something I'm really looking forward to. Another one is that, um, you know, sort of in the background here, I'm working on a book, a book that is not, you know, it's not about my life or, or anything like that. But it's, um, if you've ever heard of those, like those old books that are like, create your own adventure, where you get to a spot in the book where like, you choose a page number and that determines your decision.
0: Yeah. I want to make
1: a similar themed book, but instead of like a, a novel or an adventure, I want it to be a, it's going to be called Humans 2.0, Create Your Own Mindset. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to feature different kinds of um, knowledge tools, um, different things that I've learned from the my guests on the podcast and have those and um, architect them in a way where somebody can open the book and find you know, what to learn that's right for them. Because, you know, no matter, you know, how much I sit here and talk and, you know, say what what people should do or shouldn't do, everyone is different. You know, something that might work for me may not work for someone else. And so I'm hoping with this book, it can kind of be like an open-ended platform for somebody to um, discover that on. And I think probably like the last thing I want to share here is... um, in the next three months, I'm actually getting ready to um, launch another business, and what I want to do is um, I actually want to start uh, a podcast accelerator slash network. And you know what I've learned, I'm sure you've learned this too, Angela, is that you know podcasting is such a unbelievable opportunity right now for the genuine, truthful, and loving people that maybe see an industry that is ripe for disruption, but they don't exactly know how to. Um, you know, become like a quote unquote thought leader. And I just figured like, hey, you know, I, you know, when I started my podcast, I was, um, man, I think it was like 19 turning 20 at the time. And I started this podcast around self-development and, you know, ended up going in like the, the global top 100, some crazy stuff. And I'm like, wait, so if a 20 year old can start a top podcast about self-development, which is generally a category that is reserved for like, older, wise people, like imagine what other people can do. And so, you know, just like this, the last couple of years, I've just been learning a tremendous amount on podcasting, how to do it right, um, you know, what to avoid. And, um, you know, just as an example, the reason why I want to start a podcast network, aside from the accelerator to sort of help people um, start their own or grow their own podcast is, you know, if you take a podcast like Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience, for example, That podcast gets more reach than basically most mainstream news channels like CNN and NBC combined. And so, you know, personally, I am, you know, I'm hell bent on, um, you know, changing the narrative on a lot of different topics we talk about. And, you know, I figured if I can help other people start a podcast and maybe help them grow it in house and give them the tools they need, and we can sort of have our own podcast network of not not really in terms of like what podcast networks are doing now in terms of like um you know advertising and monetization i think that's cool and everything but just giving people the resources they need and i really think that um you know I, you know I, I i didn't mention this before but um you know it, throughout my entire life whenever i get an idea for something i always have sort of like this this goosebumps spidey sense Tingling feeling that it's going to be really successful. And that's happened with all the companies and businesses and projects that I've started that have become successful. Not obviously for everyone. And I'm really getting this feeling about this podcast accelerator network because it's just like it's such an underrated opportunity now because, you know, there's so many companies out there and corporations that do have the, um, you know, funds to spend are not doing so in the podcasting game. And I think. Just in terms of the podcasting podcasting industry, I just don't think it's started yet, and I want to be, um, you know, a player in that industry because I think it's going to be one of the ways in which we, um, you know, change the world in terms of alternative media. So, you know, those three things are something that I'm really, really focused on. There's obviously like ten more million things <laughs> I could have mentioned, but um,
0: yeah, those those three
1: are it for me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds like you're the right person to start that. And I love the intention behind it. So I hope, I hope that works out for you. Um, If you could give, yeah, you're welcome. If you could give my listeners one piece of advice that would help them to be more self aware, to work on their own weaknesses or things that hold them back, what would you tell them to do right after this episode?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I, I fundamentally believe that, you know, life is, is the 24 hours that you have in front of you right now. And, you know, just, you know, when you, if you take a, a breakdown on someone's day, like the average person, you know, they, they wake up in the morning at whatever time, um, depending on who they are, they, um, they might feel a little bit tired when they wake up, they might not have the motivation to do it. And they immediately you know, either run to, you know, drink their, um, you know, hot coffee downstairs to put in caffeine in their body. And then, you know, they're going throughout their day. And then once the um, caffeine goes away, they either reach for another cup or, um, you know, maybe they eat something. And then now that they're like in the middle of their day, they they might have like some brain fog, which, which might mean that, you know, they're not focused that, you know, the tasks that they want to do, they might not have the motivation for them just because their, their brain is sort of rebelling against them, even though deep down, they want to do that. And then as they go throughout their day, you know, they might get, um, you know, sort of a headache from, I don't know, maybe the food that they eat, maybe, um, you know, for whatever reason, everyone's different. And, you know, their team member comes in to their office when. You know they're on a call, or maybe you know if you're a CEO, your team member comes in and shows you something, and um, you know you might be a little bit moody, and then you treat that person not great, and then in turn that team member then sort of subconsciously starts to self sabotage the organization because they're not treated fairly, and then that CEO or or whoever you know goes on, and you know they come home and they're super super tired because they've been working, and they. You know have been doing the same way that they've always done things and then you know they go for the the tasks that require the least amount of energy so generally speaking that's like tv or or doing x y and z and then maybe they have kids and their kids walk up to them and they're like you know hey daddy can you um you know do you want to play this or that and they're like oh no i don't want to do that because you know i'm tired for whatever reason And the next thing you know, um, you know, the day's ended, they are, um, you know, about to fall asleep in their bed and they're in their bed and they, um, you know, are over worrying. They're having thoughts of like, oh, you know, what's, you know, how's the, how's this meeting going to go tomorrow? Or like. How am I going to pay my bill for this, this, and that thing? I know, I know, I just sort of like a, this long, long-winded like how this the average person's day goes. And you know, for me, we mentioned so many different things like meditation, exercising, sleeping well. I think everyone knows those things. But for me, what's fundamentally changed my life is um, really, really just researching. Um, this thing called the gut microbiome. Um, It's a part of all of us in our bodies. And just to kind of like give us a little bit of a little bit of perspective, you know, the average human, we have about 20,000 human genes that are expressed. Um, And the gut microbiome actually produces two to 20 million bacterial genes. So in a way, you could say that humans are only 1% humans. And the mechanism in which you wake up and don't have energy and see caffeine or uh, sugary foods or the way you treat other people, you know, there's obviously, I'm all for responsibility, but I think there's a large part of that is because of that gut microbiome. And if you play that out, um, you know, everyone talks about like the serotonin chemical receptor. It's like one of the biggest, um, you know, axioms that antidepressants play on, and people say, you yeah, know, this is the chemical that makes you happy, or it makes you focused, or it makes you a leader, or whatever it is. They've actually found that 90% of our serotonin receptors are in our gut. And so for me, the way that I am able to be myself is to give my gut microbiome the biological resources it needs um, I don't want to make this too long-winded, but you know, to sort of end this, um, I ended up interviewing this this billionaire philanthropist, Naveen Jain, on my show. He's got a space company and he's also got a healthcare company that actually is working with the US government military on this tool that they developed in case of a bioterrorist attack where, you know, if there's like a city and a terrorist drops in a chemical agent, and now they need to understand, you know, what exactly is making people sick on a cell-by-cell basis, so then they can find this um contagion and quarantine it. So he saw that technology that's that our that our government spent billions of dollars on. And he said, How can I reverse engineer this to keep people healthy? And so he actually developed the world's only, the world's only functional microbiome test. There's a bunch of companies out there where You know, you test your gut microbiome or or your DNA, and they tell you what foods to eat. And depending on who you ask, none of those are actually legit. Viome, which is the company that he started, is the only one that is capable of doing this. I've been doing it for about, um, you know, three months. And really what it does is it tells you what foods to eat and what foods not to eat. The reason why this is so important is like everyone knows not to eat, um, you know, sugar and processed foods and all that stuff. But there's actually a lot of healthy foods that, depending on who you are, for your individual person, you should not be eating. So, for example, through doing Viome, I learned that I can't have um, almonds, uh, pistachios, uh, zucchini, uh, tomatoes, spinach, spinach. Uh, sesame seeds, um, beets, bee greens, bell peppers, like just some different things that the average healthy person eats. And I realized that that stuff actually gives you brain fog. That stuff actually causes you to be less focused. That stuff actually sucks your energy. And so I think if, if we really just sort of dive in onto the microbiome, um, and you know, cause this is an emerging field, I think this really, really dictates, Our moment to moment, day by day. Um, And I think it's the single biggest thing that somebody can do aside from, um, you know, meditation, journaling, you know, doing all those healthy habits that we mentioned before. But I just want to, I just wanted to mention that, Angela, because I really don't see a lot of people in our field talking about this. And I think it's of the utmost importance because, you know, we're all humans. We are all governed and controlled by, you know, our biological environment. And I just feel like that's a conversation that, not a lot of people are having in this in this industry, even though it's of the utmost importance for the day to day, and then also um, other kinds of chronic illnesses that end up being formed throughout our lifetimes through these um, you know negative food patterns.
0: Wow, I feel like we could do a whole episode just on that. So Naveen Jain is the guy you interviewed. You have an episode with him, and what's the name of his yes. company?
1: The name of this company is Viome, V-I-O-M-E. And um, it's episode 139 on my podcast. And uh, I highly recommend people to check it out.
0: Okay, awesome. That's great. So I think that's really important advice. It's good for just fundamental learning about who you are, what makes you tick, what works, what doesn't Mm. work, and then build everything on top of that. So awesome answer. (laughs) Way bigger than I thought it was going to be, but really. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's great. I loved it. So if people want more information about you, if they want to find your podcast, where can they find you?
1: Yes, just um, Google my name, Mark Metry, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y. My podcast is Humans 2.0 if you reach out to me on, um, either LinkedIn or Instagram, I will 99% chance respond back to you. And, um, you know, feel free to email me mark at V U And I'll definitely get back to everyone who reaches out.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. This was it was so great to meet you i'm, I'm a fan i'm just like in it's awe so i love fun. i love everything you shared yeah thank you this so much So
1: fun you're awesome angela i really appreciate it and hey one one last final thing to everyone out there that's listening to this please go to angela's podcast on itunes and please leave her a review she works unbelievably hard and um i know i would definitely appreciate it and i'm sure she would too
0: ah thanks so much Wow. Does everyone want to take a deep breath together? Let's do that. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. Are you are you awake, alive? I don't know. There's just so much energy, so much, just so much here. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and got some good tips and mindset shifts and just, just so much about possibilities and going for it and hustle and vision and growth. And just, it, it's really inspiring. So I hope that you got something from it. And, uh, I'm definitely going to reach out to Seth Godin. <laughs> I don't know why I've never asked him to be on my podcast. It's like mind boggling to me as he's describing it. I'm like, why haven't I ever asked like one of my heroes to be on my show? I'm pretty sure I'm scared, but I'm going to ask him anyway. So Maybe you'll hear him on our next episode. Who knows? Before I go, I want to remind you of today's sponsors, Speaking School for Women, which is my online course that launches again on March 7th, is coming back, and it's all about how to set you up for success as a professional speaker. So if this interests you, I have a special mini-series coming at the end of February. It's a three-part short series that will give you some introductory tips and lessons on how to get started. So you can determine whether or not Speaking School is a good investment for you, or if you're kind of just holding on and and waiting for that right time in your life to jump into it. Sponsor number two is Told Video. They provide original, thoughtful storytelling for your brand, and they're here to help you with your next step in marketing a thoughtful and meaningful video. Let your story out into the world and get it told. Learn more at toldvideo.com. and You can contact told before March 1st to get 15% off a video project, less than a month left for that special offer. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you are enjoying the show and you like what we're talking about here, you're getting a lot of value from it, please do leave a review. It helps more people find it. And it just makes me feel happy and warm inside. So (laughs) I would appreciate it. (laughs) So that's it for today, friends. Um, As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.